Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra sadly presents a lament for Lamar Hoskins. Take it away. Goodbye, Hoskins, my old friend. You've gone and met a bloody end. Because the wound on your back seeping. Left your old buddy cap weeping And the serum that is coursing through his veins Turned him insane And that's that's the sound of Walker (laughs) Oh yeah! drag and rush at the same time you guys showed him <laughs> that was my tempo four separate keys simultaneously that was yeah, quite we started up uh, actually i say more accurately those were my tempos <laughs> oh, it's like, i started this i was like why well, i'm way too high it's, it's not it's, going well i know it was it was a bad start it, it was, was a bad it was, start it was but very i think high. Yeah. i think we recovered it in the middle and then lost it completely at the end uh, anyway it was a heartfelt a heartfelt tribute to yeah. lamar hoskins we hardly knew him Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest Empire Podcast spoiler special dedicated, like Carly Morgenthau, to breaking down the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This week's episode, (laughs) entitled The Whole World is Watching, was directed as ever in this series by Carrie Scogland and written for the second ep in a row by John Wick's creator... Derek Kolstad, and it was jam-packed with incident. Flags were smashed, backs were too. And as it turns out, the Star Spangled Man's plan is to brutally murder someone in the street. (laughs) To quote the late, great Tony Stark, that shield doesn't belong to you. John Walker, you fucking bellend. I added the last part. Anyway, joining me to discuss the episode are Geek Queen, Helen O'Hara. Hello. And returning after being snapped last week, great big fucking nerd, James Dyer. <laughs> I am unblipped and back again. It's good. I'm glad I missed last week. Since last week's episode was such utter bollocks, it was kind of nice to, to <laughs> not have to listen to you guys bang on about it for two hours. So that was, uh, that was good. I'm pleased. Good? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was mainly me screaming for two hours in slow motion. <laughs> there was, yeah, there, there were a lot of things to discuss and dissect. And, yes. and when I say dissect, I mean literally stick a knife into multiple yeah. times. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, obviously, I edited the thing as well. And as I edited, I was like, oh, were we being harsh on it? And someone did get in touch last week going, I think you were a bit harsh on the show uh, a little bit. But I felt it. Listen, if we're down on this show and we are Marvel shills. <laughs> yeah, with our golden yeah. yachts that they've sent us yachts. and everything. Yeah. If they released a six part series of Kevin Feige kicking puppies out of the top window of an orphanage, which I must stress, he absolutely does not, I would probably give it a five stars. So the fact that we were down on this show and last week's episode, I think, shows that this show shows that this show hasn't quite hit the heights of WandaVision or the heights of the great MCU films like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, God. But I will say two things before we begin. One, Ben Travis, who is our very own Carly Morgenthau, as in he's an innocent slowly being corrupted by the harsh realities of the modern world and, of course, being part of the Empire team, mm. is going to be on the show at some point, but he has very important magazine business to attend to. So he'll be blipping in. He'll be just appearing as if by magic halfway through, um, hopefully, unless, you know, he's dead. Or busy with other things. Why do you always go straight to busy? I always go straight to dead. It's, it's so, so weird, isn't it? It really does. really does. Um, so that's the first of the two things i got to say. And the second thing is we're not doing a recap this week because I was late because I was in central London attending to some magazine business and then I got stuck in traffic on the way back. So we are starting late. 
We're up against the clock, and so there's no recap. But n- needless to say, John Walker is a fucking asshole. And yeah. there we go. So I have so many questions posed by this episode. I, I, are we doing sort of general reactions? General reaction? Yeah. Because this was an uptick, right? An uptick in quality, mm. right? Yeah, yes. it feels like some yes. things are finally coming together and some motivations are finally becoming clear. And and yet I still, ha- and there was also some real drama this week, but I still have so many niggles and annoyances with the show in terms of like basic storytelling stuff that I felt like it got kind of wrong or twisted or or a little bit flat. I mean... There's just there, there kind of seem to be these hanging things that in an in a in a better MCU film or sh- TV series would be leading to something and and maybe they are here too but mostly it just feels like they're just there because they're there they're just kind of drifting in the wind so like there's there's little kind of strange bits like Zemo saying is that what happened about shooting the scientist and it's like well yes that's what we saw happen are you suggesting that that isn't real and that, like, for example, Sharon turned up and did it and we just didn't see that? Because that's not what we were showing in the previous episode. So if you're just saying that to be a dick, it's confusing in a way that but it doesn't need to be. There are so many ways to be dickish. That is quite a funny line, though, because it's Sam going, I mean, yeah, like we were right there. We watched right. you shoot him in the face. Like It was quite a funny line. Yeah, it, that's, but it, like, there's so many other ways to have a funny line there and not confuse the issue. Ask Asimo is such a genius, he will gaslight you to your face. I don't think it is. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just sloppy, right? Like there's a bit later on where when Walker's fighting against all the flag smashers, (laughs) he goes, why so many knives, right? (laughs) What's with all the knives, he says, yes. What's with all the knives? And then it cuts to Battlestar. Um, next to a puddle of something. And I was genuinely like, oh, is this some kind of flammable gas situation? That's why they're not using guns? Yeah. But like genuinely, there's these weird kind of bits of of filmmaking kind of grammar that are just off. And therefore, Mm. I know we're slightly fucking the frame and trying to come up with explanations for everything. And maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, cuts matter. Going from one thing straight to another thing indicates that Mm. they are in some ways linked. And it is weird to make an issue. If it's meant to be a throwaway quip, what's with all the knives? It's not funny. And it doesn't lead to anybody coming up yeah. with a, a funny reply. Yeah. So what what's the point of it? Do you know what I mean? There's all these kind of little niggling things that are really getting to me at this point. See, this is what happens when you have a Steve Rogers adjacent show that doesn't have Steve Rogers in it. Helen gets gets cranky. Helen I, gets cranky with our love, Steve, folks. My love is pure, and this has Bucky in it, so I'm fine that way. He's like a, a Steve. He's like a shit Steve. He's not like a shit Steve. He's a good Steve. His arm it's, fell off this week. He's it's true. That was adorable. That was very funny, and I loved it, and it worked brilliantly. I thought that was one of my favorite bits of the episode. It, it spoke so well to the Wickhandens. It was so good for Io. It was amazing. I love that. Yeah. It missed opportunity though for either a Monty Python a Holy Grail quote. Your arms off? No, it isn't. Or <laughs> or, or um. Come back! I'll bite sh- your legs off. <laughs> yes, it is but a scratch. All right, we'll call it a draw. You know, there's ample opportunity to so much. But then Bucky's not very pop culture. No, and savvy, it, is like he? that's fine. Like I, I almost don't need the funny line there because his look, I think, is hilarious. He has a very memeable face. Uh, his reaction <laughs> shots are precious and dear to me. Um, so, like, so much of that stuff was great. Uh, the only quibble I have with Adora Milaje was that they took their eye off Zemo, which seemed out of character. Mm. Yes. But, but literally, that is the only way in which they were not entirely perfect in that scene. Mm-hmm. They were glorious. So, yeah, there was lots of good stuff in this episode. I really did like it more. I just, that's almost making the niggles feel nigglier. Yeah, it did. It felt like we finally have a villain. It felt like we finally have some stakes and some structure and some idea what the fuck is going on. Um, th- there were still moments. There's a bit where where Battlestar and Walker are discussing the you know ethics of using the serum, and the dialogue is so clunky. Like it's so it <laughs> is McClunky. Uh, it was just so unnecessarily leaden. And you sort of come on. I know that we're just trying to, but it was just it was like being beaten round the head with this sort of like conundrum he's wrestling with. It was just like we know he's going to inject himself. It's not rocket yeah. science. We know it's going to happen. We knew it was going to happen the second we saw it on the floor. Why is this scene among us? Like, and we've totally had, like we had like three conversations about the 
about the ethics of using the serum this time, yeah. right? We had, yeah. and, and we didn't need three. That's not yeah. elegant. Although they have at least stopped saying super soldier serum quite as much. And it's that you cannot keep saying super soldier serum because it sounds ridiculous. We're running long on the episodes, Kevin. We need to cut at least 27 mentions of a super soldier serum. But, but the only problem is like, if they replace it with use of the word supremacist in a way that I find incredibly non-precise and unhelpful, that isn't an improvement. So... Yeah, I thought it was an uptick in quality from last week. You know, it 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 provided a couple of things that the show has been lacking. It provided a ticking clock of sorts, which is at the beginning of the episode. Io goes, "All right, Bucky, you've got eight hours, or we'll come for him." But you don't really get a sense of how the time is elapsing. So I guess immediately mm. that begins to dissipate. You get a sense of escalation of stakes. You get loss as well as uh, as this new. Captain America's very own Bucky, who is a, a really nice guy, charismatic bloke, you know, a bit of his conscience. You know, he's been he's been killed, and look at the way Steve Rogers reacted his losing his Bucky, and look at the way that this dickhead mm. reacts to losing his. Very, very mm. different. It's almost like John Walker's a bad person. But I'm still not sure, James, that we have a bad guy. I still don't know who the bad guy is. Is it Walker? If, because it Walker feels like be, it's Walker. But see, but, but he seems to be disgraced. I think it's him and the power broker. Yeah, maybe. But then, like, we're four episodes in, we've not met the pal fucking power broker, so... Oh, but have we? Or have we? Have we? Or yeah. have we? Or I, have we? It could, it could be Simo, but that doesn't make any sense. It, it, it could be yeah. It could be Sharon. I mean, there was... Then a, she there wouldn't was... have helped them get to the scientist, presumably, really, if she was the power broker. That's maybe, unless she wanted to... There might be a reason. Okay, yeah, she might anyway, have reasons. Yeah, yeah. But there was another little hint this week, didn't she? She, she was mm. like, when she was talking to them from Andrapur, she was like, oh, the power broker found out and he's pissed. <laughs> no, he's pissed, throwing us off the yeah, scent. Yeah, uh, clever, Sharon. She says he, I don't know, like the, I noticed at least this week, and I can't think back to think how oh, it's happened before, but the Flag Smashers didn't say he. They just very <gasps> carefully said the power broker. The power broker. Yes. yes. I don't know if that's a clear or not. Oh, there was also some speculation online that it was Armin um, Zola. No. I know. No. I'm just saying. No. No. And there was some speculation. No. Who was the other one? Sonny Birch. No. And there was also some speculation about <laughs> Secretary Ross. Yeah, where is this coming from? What? I saw this as well. Like, there was, there's no evidence to support Sharon Carter. No. There's literally no evidence to support Thunderbolt Ross turning up and being a power broker for reasons. It's more likely to be Hayward, the motherfucking <laughs> prick. What a dick. God. What a dick. Dick terrorist. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people we hate in these shows. Oh, I'm very angry. This, this is what London traffic will do to a, a person. <laughs> I haven't experienced it for months. I, you say, you know, yeah, Walker could well be the villain, but. This episode really does muddy the waters vis-a-vis concordantly ergo um, <laughs> Carly, doesn't yes, it? It does. Because you know, uh, literally, what are they trying to do when when um, Battlestar goes Gasplactica? They're trying to kill Captain America. She literally says, I'm going to kill Captain America. She calls up Sam's sister. And even though we don't think she means it, she threatens Sam's sister's life. You know, and she's killing people. She in that conversation with Sam, she gets lured into saying, "I'd kill him again if I had half the chance." Ha ha mm-hmm. ha ha ha! So she seems to be slowly, you know, once you start down that dark path, forever will it dominate, dominate your, destiny. your destiny. Truth, yeah, Truth. but it was weird. I mean, it was weird to say that and then immediately sort of go, "Oh no, you tricked me into saying that." Like, <laughs> what, did he? What? Did he? <laughs> he just killed a bunch of people. I mean, he's not a mastermind. He's not you the Zemo. He can't, you know, manipulate people. Speaking of Zemo, could he be? any creepier than when he's singing Bar Bar Black Sheep while handing out Turkish Delight to a bunch of kids. Oh my God. I mean, Turkish Delight as well. I mean, that's associated forever with the White Witch. It's not a good look. He's gone full White Witch with his fucking ermine collar. Just no, absolutely not. Sons of Adam and Daughters of Eve. Has he he gone to Narnia at the end of the episode as well? We've got Sokovia, we've got Wakanda. Why not throw (gasps) Narnia in as well? Wait, the the Winter Soldier could go there. Oh (gasps) my God. This is amazing. Yes. Uh, But there's so much much that happens in this episode. That's start at the beginning and we'll we'll get to the... um, to the, the, the Captain America reveal at the end. So let's start at the beginning. So we have this cold open with Io helping Bucky in Wakanda. Mm. <laughs> the little caption, Wakanda. No, really, Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that is a that is a great scene, though. Like He's he's really good he's in that really scene. He's really good, yeah. The emotion yes. there is just Her saying the words. The yeah. Yeah. That's but also, shit. like, you know, her, her sort of just reassurance that she will stop him if he goes full Winter Soldier, I thought was 
was brilliant. Uh, uh, not that she'd need to, because if she says the words, he'd be in her control. Anyway, but yeah, um, precisely, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was a, it was a great, great scene, and I thought it was really, it was actually quite important to show that. That's that's kind of maybe the kind of stuff we should have been seeing a bit earlier in the series. Yeah, just a suggestion. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, good stuff. You could argue also it doesn't necessarily do a whole lot with it, so it sets up this connection, this emotional connection mm. between Io and Bucky. And the subsequent scene that they have, the exchange they have on the streets of, of Riga. Uh, an awful lot of confrontations in the streets of Riga this week. Uh, is it even Riga that they shoot in Prague? Um, anyway, we're getting caught up. It's pretty and I want to go there on holiday. Very, very nice indeed. We'll, we'll definitely, when this is all over, you, me, James, the little guy, we'll all go on a holiday. It'll Baby all be Yoda. fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll put him in his little cot, his little <laughs> floating cot, and we'll take him on a Marvel tour of, of Europe. Oh, it'll be so good. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, anyway, they're having this conversation in the street in Riga, and she reminds she reminded me of something that I'd kind of forgot, which is important, which is that the Dormalaji were chosen by not T'Challa, but mm-hmm. King T'Chaka. Yeah. So naturally, they would be a little bit more pissed off that... This guy, Bucky, the white wolf that they had taken into Wakanda and basically fixed this broken puppy with his little wounded paw. They had fixed him and um, and probably fixed him, put in some safeguards just in mm-hmm. case down the line they have to disarm him, literally. That, you know, they're going to be a bit annoyed that he's turned around and teamed up with the guy yeah. <laughs> who killed King T'Chaka. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it's entirely warranted. It is uh, absolutely within character and within the universe. It makes sense. Um, it reminds us of what he was doing for the you know what two years before the snap. I think that's great and brings more Wakandans into it. I I've, I I did kind of wonder if they were going to use this opportunity to set up the situation in Wakanda a little bit going into Black Panther 2. That that might happen later in the series, I don't know, or maybe it just mm-hmm. won't happen. But I did think that there might be a little bit more discussion of what the status is there. Maybe it's too soon for that. Yeah. But I would have liked more of them. I would have liked more yeah. of their relationship throughout the yeah. the episode. You don't really get a sense of that. I don't know whether she's going to be in the rest of the episodes. You, we presume that they'll still want to hunt down Simo, mm. especially now he's given them the slip. Very few I people was, do that. I was surprised they didn't jump down the hole after him rather than going out the door and starting their search elsewhere. Same, Bucky doesn't jump down the hole after Nick Fury in Winter Soldier. There's there's the thing in the in the Marvel mm. Cinematic Universe, if Don't your jump adversary has jumped down a hole, then you go, that's it. There's no possible way I can follow them. <laughs> They've <laughs> outsmarted me. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that Zemo's apartment was delightful and I would like to move, <laughs> I'm ready to move in whenever. His that's, bathtub was, del- was very I nice. I mean, just just all of it. I, I You know, I can do without the Turkish Delight. I, I'll throw that down to the oh, waifs in the street. Horrible. But yeah. the rest, I'm super there for. Actual Turkish delight is horrible, but Fry's Turkish delight I like. What's no. his thing with flour fa- flavored food anyway? He's just a, he's a educated urbane European man who's not afraid of a little cherry blossom tea every now and again. I mean, you're at least one of those things. <laughs> like, do you drink a lot of flour tea? It's made from roses, isn't it? What are you calling scruffy looking? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Turkish delight is made from roses, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming cherry blossom tea is made from. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong here. Cherry blossoms, so <laughs> could be. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Simo again, Daniel von Brühl. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling the that the, until Baron Zemo. <laughs> yes. who I'm fairly certain was a soldier the last time we saw him, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. We'll just trample all over his backstory here for this. Um, he's having a, a ton of fun. Ton mm, of fun, yeah. Jim, yeah. Jim, what did you what, what stood out for you in, about this episode? What did what did you like? I, I liked that we're finally seeing a point to uh, old Captain America uh, because he's just been <laughs> bubbling around, bumbling, I should say, more than anything else in the background, not doing anything particularly worthwhile, just being a dick. And now at least he's a super powered dick. You know, he's yeah. come to the fore. And I enjoyed his like, I'm going in and like, you know, um, Bucky standing in the doorway, zero bucks given, you are not coming past. But yeah. I thought that was fun. <laughs> So again, I have some issues with the storytelling here because he's already okay. super antsy, super on edge. He looks like he's roided up or something. He does. He's on, he seems he's on right. jonesing for something. Yeah, but that's yeah. never kind of explained. And so I almost wonder, did we need a superior, at least on the end of a phone, it can be unseen, you can leave it unclear who it is, but somebody who's yelling at him that he needs to get results. That's Thunderbolt Ross. Maybe it is. But like, and, and I get that maybe it works that it's all coming from within him and he has, he is entirely self-motivated to wade into this shit that he doesn't understand with all guns blazing. 
maybe that is the point. But at the same time, if that's the, the way it is, then I just I just feel like they're not quite making that clear that he is a completely independent agent for some reason and gets to run around wherever he wants to go. Like Which that makes doesn't no sense. make sense either. It doesn't right? make any sense at all. Like he's a he's an active serving soldier with apparently no superior and no orders, just running around with a shield. Yeah, and and I I feel like it would make more sense if there was somebody. Yeah. you know, pressuring him to get mm. results because it would make his desperation make sense at that early stage in the episode, which it kind of doesn't otherwise. I also feel like increasingly the only reason he has a wife in that, remember he had a wife? The only yes. reason he had a wife was to make it clear that that he and Lamar are not boyfriends because there's no other reason for that as far as I can see. There's a lot of clumsiness and oh, I'm using oh. that word again. But there's an awful lot of that. I mean, do you remember Yuri in the first episode? Do you remember Leia, the yeah. the, the, the woman that um, Bucky went on a date with? And But Sarah is connected in the most tangential, loose way. You would have forgotten that she existed as well over I the mean, last two episodes. So, how does Carly know that their house is at risk? That's an incredibly obscure piece of information to have. Sam does oh, say Sam that, doesn't Sam he? Tells no, but Sam, no she, she knows it before he says that. Yeah, I heard that as more of a general Yuri rather than a more specific you're pertaining directly to Sam. Because he okay. says that my sister's going through the same thing mm. to her. But yeah, it's very hard to tell these thick Midlands accents. Did someone say thick Midlands accents? Oh my God. Wait a minute, guys. <gasps> did, did you, you hear, hear something? Welcome, Ben. Ben is here. So ben Travis is here. Miss. What did I miss? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, what did you miss? Uh, what did we talk about? Um, okay, so we talked about... The beginning. Yeah, in summary, better. We still have a lot of issues with the storytelling. Mm -hmm. We have talked about the beginning, the Dora Milaje turning up, a little bit about that fight, uh, Bucky's arm, Bucky's, uh, that little flashback at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We're just getting into John Walker, really. Yes, we're talking about John Walker and how he's a fucking bell end, dickhead, dillweed, arsehole. He's a total Hayward, this guy. And I don't like him. Um, yes, I want. I want. Hey, yes, I would say it to I his face. I wouldn't if I were you. Did you see what happened? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it to his face. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Um, yeah, Helen was just saying that. Uh, this is a recap for people who've just forgotten what we were talking about in the last five minutes. Uh, Helen was just saying that she thinks that the show would work a little bit better if we had some idea that Walker had some sort of superior, someone who was yelling at him for not getting results, because quite frankly, he is not getting results. I think that's, I agree with that 100%. I also think that the show would have benefited a little bit from two things, vis-a-vis -vis, concordantly ergo John Walker. One is it should have given him a proper win somewhere mm -hmm. so that we see how formidable he is on the battlefield. First, first minute he turns up in episode two, gets his ass handed to him and he's been getting his ass handed to him uh, in a variety of hilarious and amusing ways ever since. And so I think they, they could have set him up as a more proficient fighter. Yeah. Someone to have, you know, that, that, and then when he comes up against these superpowered people, he, he's completely not out of his depth. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't mind that he's, he's clearly outmatched all the way through this because you see the kind of desperation that he needs to juice himself up and, you know, mm. take the super soldier serum to, uh, to roid himself up to their level. Yeah. But but essentially, the other thing I think it needed is it needed him to have to be humiliated by someone who wasn't superpowered. So it needed him to fight. And in fairness, the Dora Milaje aren't superpowered, and they yep. kick his and ass. And he says that, doesn't Sam's he? Ass, yeah, but he mm, says that. Bucky's I think he gets ass. that moment. Yeah. He does. Yeah. They're not, we weren't even super soldiers, and they yeah. handed yeah. him his ass, and he was like, "All right, that's it." They're not super soldiers, but they're super soldiers, and. <laughs> They're really, 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 really good at their jobs. Yeah, so. but I don't think he makes that distinction. And I think uh, that is the moment, that's the humiliation that kind of pushes him over whatever edge he has left. And that's the problem. I think it comes almost too late. I feel like he's already clearly a donkey on the edge before mm. that happens. So, uh, but I do think, I, I almost, right. so I was mentioning about his wife. I almost wish he hadn't been married because I would like it to be clearer because in, in, in apparently a healthy relationship as well from that tiny bit we saw, because I think there's hints here of just straight up misogyny, that it's not just that he got beat twice in this episode, it's that both of them were by a girl. And I mm -hmm. feel like you could have just leaned into that a little bit more. Of course, mm -hmm. misogynists are often married, but that marriage seemed okay and they, they're not usually 
married well, I would say. So I I just, I feel like there's a missed opportunity there, again, for just clearer storytelling. And I know that this is meant to be a murky, morally mixed up show. I, I'm not saying don't keep it morally and murky. I'm saying keep your narrative clear. Give us some narrative clues that actually mean something. I mean, there's there's a good sort of 30, 40 seconds here of Sam wandering around the nearly empty rooms of this building upstairs while people hurry away from him. Completely unnecessary. And we could have done something mm. that would actually make things clearer in that time. Oh, anyway, I'm getting really frustrated. Mm. I did like lots of things about it. <laughs> Helen's where I was last week. <laughs> I am a bit, actually. Yeah, I'm almost... Because there was so much good this week that I'm almost more offended by the bits that were unnecessary, inelegant, yeah. or didn't make sense. I do wonder how much of this show was affected by the pandemic and how many hoops they had to jump through and how much they had to reconfigure. For example, the guy who is killed at the end of the episode, um, who, who's basically introduced in the, in this episode, he's not the Desmond GM character, the big, tall Australian drink of water. The long-haired guy? The long-haired guy hmm. that we saw in episode one and again last week. He hmm. was the one who was expressing misgivings with Carly's new policy of killing innocent people. And he's in this week's episode, but very, very briefly. And I wonder if maybe he was unavailable for whatever reason. He was meant to be the one who was going to be killed by John Walker at the end. Um, and then they had to reconfigure. Maybe. I'm Listen, I'm, that's speculation on my yeah. part, but it seems strange to me that they've introduced this guy, essentially introduced this guy in this episode. Oh, he's been around, just though. To kill but he's not been... Whenever she was going to the cemetery with him, I was like, well, hang on, why is she going with him now? He's not, not been a the, foreground the big... character, has he? Yeah, he's not, he was not her yeah. right-hand man, and they kind of have subbed him in to give us a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of emotional connection before. I guess so. Yeah. Ben, anyway, welcome to the podcast, Ben. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought this was quite a bit of an improvement on the first three episodes, really. I've I've enjoyed the show so far. I'm aware that there are holes in it and we've had our issues with it. For me, um, I sent this on our WhatsApp group earlier on. This episode gave me the, the hope that overall this show actually could be a good six episode series that just had a bit of a wobbly start. And I think some of the issues are still continuing for me, but in terms of action and complexity and the narrative really getting going and all of these threads starting to properly tangle in together, mm -hmm. it's, it really got going for me this week. I kind of just wish there was an extra episode. The fact that there's only two episodes left and we're just getting to this point now where it feels like it's really stepped up a gear. Um, I kind of wish this had come very slightly earlier, but mm -hmm. I love the Dora Milaje stuff. I thought those fights were great. The amount that we pushed on this week in terms of John taking the, su the super soldier serum and the 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 murderiness and <laughs> Lamar and oh my god like lots of big stuff happened in a way that I do think the show overall feels a bit lopsided like we've had a couple of episodes of not much stuff happening and it being a bit slow to get off the ground and now it's all happening but um yeah really enjoyed this week's episode and mm -hmm. it went to some very dark places but it, very it, dark. it, it, it felt did. like it also kind of not just because it did dark things but I think because it did the the grounding of the show felt a bit more solid. It felt like a bit more of a grown-up episode to me. It felt like it more inhabited that world of, say, Winter Soldier, whereas I think maybe the first few episodes, because they didn't have that that strong narrative grounding in this very tangible world, didn't quite hit on that level for me, whereas this feels like it's starting to get to where those later Cap films ended up. What it did this week was it purposefully ditched the corny buddy comedy isms well tt so, i mean still. that was lame as hell but you know that's it one little bit of sparky ish repartee between the two of them at the beginning mm. otherwise they get into when they're fighting they're fighting they're, they're actually fighting as a team yeah which which yeah. is good i mean but again you know if this had been set up by just a few more conversations, like honest conversations between the two of them, I think I'd be happier about them now, Act at least fighting as a team. Maybe those conversations come next week now that they've actually had some action together. I don't know. Um, I, I also feel like at least one of them maybe would have rushed in at the end when he, after he, I know they turned up too late to save the guy from being murdered, but they maybe could have rushed in and taken Walker into custody or tried to or something rather than just stand there. Um, some more reaction might have been appropriate. I would not have objected had Buff uh, Bucky thrown up at that, genuinely. 
Um, it was gross. So why would Bucky, why would Bucky throw up at that? To see the shield used that way by a guy dressed as Captain America is right, super okay. gross, super like, duper I'm gross. Just, he's done worse. I know he I'm has. Sure. I'm just saying, but like, it's not. I'm not saying it's because he's grossed out by the gore. I'm saying because it's emotionally traumatic to watch that shit. It's really upsetting, and they've established him as this patriot. Yeah, I want. I wanted. To, I wanted to say what George Kennedy says at the end of Naked Gun. My father went the same way. <laughs> I wanted to be really, really upset by You're it. a monster. I am a monster. What can I say? I, I feel like, I wonder if they were just shocked in that moment. I know, I know yeah, John no, Walker has are. gone over the edge yeah, in that point, but I, I quite like the fact that they were among this other crowd of people who were all watching on like, what is happening? But they are also our action heroes mm. and therefore should maybe at the very least be starting to step forward and call his name at the end, you know, something. So I just wanted more than shock from them because they are capable of facing down, you know, big things happening. I, I also, like, can we talk about Lamar for a minute? Because... The fridging of have, Lamar. The fridging of Lamar. They have braced... In this show that is supposed to be, we were kind of told about race, they have brought on a black character as the adjunct to a white character, and they then they have killed him to fuel mm -hmm. that white character's plot. He was the most fifth wheel of all fifth wheels, though. Like, there has never I been a more him. extraneous character than Battlestar, a man with no superpowers of any kind and not even a shield who just wanders around with his mate who is equally unqualified to be doing the shit that he's doing it's like he was so oh, i just yeah I, I i i was waiting for him to yeah. suffer a, a mucky end I, I don't remember if i said this on the pod but i i have evidence i was talking about this with friends last week in uh, by text and, and saying i think they might fridge lamar and i think that yeah. might be what drives john off the over the edge and probably mm -hmm. drives him to take the the serum if he has access to it yeah. Um, and I didn't want to be right about that. I, I, you know, we sort of had this discussion and I was saying, but I hope they're not going for anything that obvious. I think they're clearly making a point um, about the black man being fridged uh, in, in, yeah. this, in this show. I don't think it's accidental. Um, but also he's one of the few people who is expendable at this point. You know, we talked about it so many times in this podcast that we don't endorse or encourage fridging. You know, the death does not necessarily equate to strong storytelling, but frankly, they're obviously not going to kill Sam, they're not going to kill Bucky, they're not going to kill Sharon or Walker or Ayo or Simo at this point. So sadly, Lamar drew the short straw. Uh, it's I think it may be partially as cynical as that, but also partially I think they are making a, a point still about race, that the first person to die in this movie, in this movie, <laughs> it is a movie, we think of it as a six hour movie, sure. uh, is is a black man. Um, I'm sad about it because I liked the dude. I liked him. I thought Clay Bennett was, was very good yeah, as Lamar Hoskins. He had just figured out his autograph game and very, very sad uh, that he got killed in the way he did and of course it's Carly who kills him and again this this brings me back to the sort of muddying of the waters around Carly Morgenthau I don't mm. I still don't know what the show wants us to think about her no. her motivation seems to change from episode to episode sometimes from scene to scene sometimes within a scene I don't know whether she's a bad guy with a point like Ed Harris and don't you fucking say it James don't you don't you dare say his name <laughs> don't you say his name <laughs> The Move other on, fella, quick, quick. Yeah. The other bald fella. Um, I don't know whether they're meant to, we're meant to think that or whether she is genuinely a good person who's just mm -hmm. becoming corrupted a little bit or whether she's going to be the big bad of the show. Uh, you know, it's, but I'm still, I, I, like I say, I had problems connecting with the character last week, but I'm still. Just I'm struggling to lock on to what she is. Yeah, they, they need to be clear about what she's fighting against to make her make sense. And we have had some more hints this week, which is good, about what the problem is, why the GRC exists, what it is doing. This idea that people from maybe poorer countries were welcomed into richer mm. countries during the blip because they wanted to kind of keep things going there. And now those people are being told right fuck off you've you've done your bit your bits and that's a that's a absolutely realistic horrific thing that we can believe mm. in but that's coming four episodes into this show and i feel like that should have been clearer much mm. much sooner so mm. we are clear on what the grc is and what they're doing and why this is an issue i also thought i mean like the the speech about the refugee thing didn't help didn't develop that in any way you know this whole we're not refugees we're displaced persons, I mean, it's a distinction without a difference for a start, but also it, it doesn't add anything to our understanding. Oh, I, I, I wondered about the, the speed with which the Flag Smashers started up. So if this is only a few months after the blip, they did, did they just 
where they displaced for a few months, didn't like the conditions, and then started to get the serum and started killing people. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. just trying to get the timeline right in my head. And also with them, you know, they were this massively online organization. This is how we first heard about them being this kind of online presence in all these different countries. Mm. Isn't that part of it anymore? Are we not having her do these speeches online? Maybe there were people holding up cameras in that when she was giving the eulogy, but I didn't see that. That didn't appear to be a part of it. It Yeah, it feels to me there's a lot cut out of these episodes. There's a lot missing. And it's strange to me if if that is indeed the case, because these things don't need to have a, a, a short-ish running time. They can be an hour long, easily an hour long. We don't have to conform to the, the schedules TV. of a normal TV or have more episodes. Station. Yeah, or or add more episodes. But I just, you know, I'm not sure if they did that with One Division or not because initially they said six, and they then they they had nine all of a sudden. So you know, I would have been okay with a seventh episode if it meant things could breathe a little bit more. I want to go back to Lamar a second because I think his death does get at the systemic racism that the show has been exploring in bits and pieces and fits and starts. And I think, you know, Sarah and Sam being turned down for the loan at the beginning of the, at the end of the first mm-hmm. episode is just one such example. Uh, the cops trying to, uh, you know, put the yep. pressure on Sam in episode two is another one. Everything that happened to Isaiah Bradley is, yep. uh, is example three. So I think the thing about Lamar, everything we've known about him is that he's a much more solid dude than John Walker. Mm-hmm. He is closer in temperament to Steve Rogers. There's that discussion earlier in the episode about how there's never been another Steve Rogers and never will be another Steve Rogers, essentially, that he was the perfect storm uh, of multiple doses of the super soldier serum, the fighter rays, but also what's inside here as well. And that is what turned him into the ultimate super soldier. Now, I'm not saying for a second that Lamar Hoskins is has got all of those qualities of Steve Rogers, but everything we've known about him indicates that he's a much, he would, would have been a much better choice than the frankly psychologically unstable John Walker. But he gets overlooked for that because he's black, um, is one way of looking at it. Okay. You could look at it as he gets overlooked for the role because he's black, and instead he gets, he gets a sidekick role. And also, you know, there may be a thing about the government going, well, okay, well, maybe, you know, he's a psychic, he's expendable, it's fine. They're, they're, but they're not expecting their golden boy, their John Walker, to to go off the deep end the way he does. But I think there's I think there's something deliberate in, in that as well, about how black men are sidelined and seen as expendable by the government. Yes, but you still don't need to kill him to do that. And, and the killing doesn't add to that discussion. Would John Walker have gone off the deep end without the killing? Possibly, yes, because that, that's what I mean. That's why it's its confusing narratively to have him be as antsy and unhinged as he is at the beginning of this episode, mm. because that means that he it really is just like the last straw. He's already, Lamar is there. He has the serum in his pocket. He's already talking about taking it. So it's, yes. and in fact, he has already taken it before Lamar dies. Yes. So it's not. It's not that he's, you know, a stable and then that snaps him and he goes off. He's he's kind of already going off. Mm. So yeah, I don't, true. you know, I, I, yes, Lamar's death is the trigger. And yes, it is one that, like I say, I, I sort of was kind of predicting last week, but it's not, it's not enough to justify killing him, I think. So what about the last, uh, the last shot of the, the episode? John Walker, mm. the shield. Bloody shield. Blood. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is kind of nasty. Everyone speechless, having filmed them all uh, and uploaded them to TikTok, presumably. Uh, that's that's some that's some nasty shit. And obviously, that's mm. it speaks to lots of things, doesn't it? It's like it's the sullying of the Captain America name. It's you know American foreign policy in a nutshell, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know that that's now going to go viral. This is Captain America. This is the guy who is emblematic of everything that America stands for: bludgeoning an unarmed guy to death in the street with a vibranium shield. Not a good look, as they say. And there's so much in this show about the shield as a symbol, what that shield mm-hmm. represents to everybody. And there mm. is a conversation every episode where somebody says, that shield is a symbol. And and seeing that symbol, seeing knowing as we have seen in all the films so far, what that shield has been used for, who it's connected to, what it represents. To see that covered in visceral gore was <laughs> like so upsetting. Um, but I think it's a very, very striking image. I think it's mm. a it's something that people will remember from this series. I think when they look back from yeah. everything we've seen in the show so far, 
I mean, there's tons of stuff from WandaVision that stands out as kind of images and moments. This feels like one of the first things that's really punched through of, oh shit, that is a that is an image, that is an idea that is going to stay with people. That like mm. we gave this shield to somebody else and he chopped someone's head <laughs> off with it. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> is that what you think happened? He chopped a guy's head off. I, no, I just got the impression that he just caved his head in with it. I mean, the decapitation might be a bit extreme. This might speak more towards uh, your mentality back than anything else. He cut his head off. I know he did. It's just a very slicey sort it of It is a bit slicey. And- it's yeah. a bit slicey. It's, it's a little semantic, guys. I feel like the guy's <laughs> super dead either way. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, so. not, he's not having a good day, yeah, regardless. It's, 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 not, it's not a good look for him or anyone. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's horrible. Um, it's really, really, really upsetting. But it does kind of explain you know, how Sam might get the shield back. So, mm-hmm. you know, because th- there was the question of, well, how, what, in what circumstances would the US government take the shield back from this guy to give it to someone else, whoever else? This maybe answers that question. I feel like murder on, on sort of live Murder on camera, camera. Yeah. Murder on camera is definitely grounds for dismissal. The whole world is watching. Exactly. Maybe this gives the show that extra bit of oomph and dimension and direction mm. that we've been hoping for. That so far, I think, as much as I like the show, it's it's kind of a bit of a wishy washy mix of all these different subplots and murky characters. If now potentially the direction is the government shits itself and says, "Oh God, we have to get that shield back," but he's not going to give that shield back, and he's a super soldier now. That maybe this kind of gives our final couple of episodes a bit more of a direction of, "Hey, now." The, uh, yes, all of this other stuff is going on, but the central thing is Sam and Bucky have been charged to get this shield back from a guy who likely won't just want to hand it back over. Exactly. But also, you know, like I was just saying before about Walker having some kind of superior, even if we don't see them, even if they're just on the phone, wouldn't it have been good to establish that before now so we know who is going to say, hey, the shield needs to be taken back? Uh, you know... I just think Instead that might have been Vicky useful. Vicky from HR turning up and saying, nope. You know, yeah. I mean, presumably Sam and Bucky just decide that for themselves and, and you know, initiate an all-out war on Walker. I guess that's why we're heading in this show. But, you know, given that they weren't the ones to give him the shield, it, it might make more sense to have those people see that they made a mistake. Yeah, it could have been that <laughs> yeah. senator dude with the beard, which makes no sense. Yeah. That could have worked, you know. Who we saw very briefly in episode one. Don't think we've seen him since. Can't remember his no. character name. Now, Senator... Uh, Senator Beardy White Man. That's basically what he is. Yeah, and it's a bit, it's a bit of a problem. But, uh, so do you think that's what's going to happen? That uh, Walker next week, maybe he gets taken into custody or maybe I he doesn't? I don't see him handing himself in. Now, no. now as a super soldier, I see him going on a rampage and then it being problematic to stop him. Yeah. I, I don't know about on a rampage, but I, I think certainly he's. Uh, I don't see him. I don't see contrition. I don't see him stopping voluntarily. I do think he's going to have to be stopped. Well, he's going to go after Carly, isn't he? That's going to be his overriding thing. Even yeah. though she's right there, she's literally standing right there looking at you. But anyway, I mean, maybe that'll be part of it as well. That as well as maybe Sam and Bucky having to get the shield back, maybe they're trying to stop him from killing Carly. That she is somebody who needs to be captured, but needs maybe other things rather than just being murdered by Captain America. Mm. What did you make of the scene where Carly does call up Sam's sister and threatens her, her kids, her dog, I didn't think she meant boat. it when she said it. Like, mm. I was like, no, this is all just bullshit. And it was also unnecessary. But I think she's, she's, she's trying to get him to take her seriously. And I think I did believe her when she said um, to, to Sam's sister, like, I think we are actually coming from very similar places. I, I think she, I think the Carly character is interesting in that they can play various sides to her. I think that means that you don't necessarily know where you're supposed to stand on her as a character, but I think she does have a lot of interesting shades that she can play well with different people because you've got that mm. moment, you've got the, the the moment when Sam talks to her as well and really connects to her at the funeral and, and it seems like things are sort of de-escalating or these characters kind of are coming together in a way that they do understand each other, but she has this violent side to her, she has this kind of explosive side to her that means that other characters bring that out of her as well. Like, I think it's interesting seeing her play off against different people and I thought when she had that conversation with Sam's sister you did feel a bit of a shared sense of connection. And I, and I think she, Carly really believed Sam's sister when she was like, mm. there is no way Sam is working with Captain America. Yeah, mm. yeah. What do we make of the action this week? The apartment fight is great. I enjoyed yeah. that a lot. 
Yeah. yeah, but that's the high point of it. I was, and and I must admit, like watching the knife play. We know, like old uh, old Bucky's handy with the blade. I was hoping for a little bit more from that. There's mm-hmm. a little bit there, but I wanted to see some some proper knife work there. Which yeah, maybe wasn't as much. But yeah, the apartment fight. I think with the Doramelage was the was the high point. Definitely, wise. yeah, definitely the best bit. I mean, some of the super running and super jumping was cool. I enjoyed that. I would like to know, um, how do they make it look like people are running super fast without making it look silly? Because I think that's probably quite hard to do. I know we've seen mm. it in other films, but they have to do it with, there's a lot of characters here who could all like super run and they managed yeah. to do it, it without could it looking turn Benny into Hill. an episode of Benny Hill, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, there were lots of great beats as well in the, well, literally in the apartment fight. Um, <laughs> I liked the the spear going through the um, armbands of the shield and sort of pinning mm. John into Walker the to the desk. Yeah. And him being unable to free it yeah yes. that was great and, and oh the image of the it wasn't Io it was the other Dora Milaje lady holding the shield again that is an yeah. image that I expect to be all yes. over Twitter for the weekend I was like fucking take it it's basically Honestly, yours it would, it would solve I mean? so like, many problems you know it'd be great <laughs> absolutely um, and uh, and yeah Io just uh, knocking off Bucky's arm I know I've said it already but I'm saying it again <laughs> fucking brilliant love it <laughs> she knows the code she just t- I li- whatever that little combination of like yeah. taps was it was like it the was five the, point palm yes. part technique of, yeah. of yes. arm removal <laughs> and we just clunks to the floor. I thought it was like, hang on, exploding arm technique. Yeah, can it? Can he actually reapply that arm? Because <laughs> if he can't, then this is going to be a very interesting last couple of episodes. <laughs> I liked as well that moment during the uh, apartment fight when um, it just cuts to Zemo off at the side, sipping his whiskey, just <laughs> watching yeah. it all unfold. So, Although hmm. I didn't buy that moment in so much as like they are fighting because of Zemo. Surely somebody is keeping an eye on Zemo. That was that was my big criticism as well. Yeah, I, I did like that that little cutaway to him with the whiskey. Yeah, no, no way the Dormelage let him slip away. I just don't don't see it. Unless they deliberately let him slip away. Well, he was only going into the bathroom. They probably assumed he needed a, a wee. Yes, I wouldn't go in here for 12 minutes. <laughs> 12 minutes really specific. I wouldn't go in there for 12 minutes. <laughs> I've lit a candle, it'll be fine. <laughs> yes, I am trying to have a shit. Um, and also, Sam, we saw Sam back in the Falcon armor this week. He uh, mm-hmm. hit his wings and he was using his wings to... So here's the thing, like, and yeah. it's the first time I've ever had that when he comes in in his Falcon costume... I thought he looked a bit daft because there's been a sort of grounded aesthetic to this. Yeah, and I know Crapton America has a costume, but because like Bucky's like cool with his torn off leather jacket and everyone's like kind of a bit lo-fi, when Falcon comes in with his goggles on his head, he just looks a bit goofy, like turning up to the meeting with Carly. Do you know what would be goofier though? If he didn't have his goggles and he was flying around and then he had to stop flying because he had flies in his eyes and he was all... Fair enough. He couldn't see anything. <laughs> it's that practicality. Would be I do respect so the important. practicality of it. He needs windscreen wipers on those goggles, doesn't he? <laughs> That's the next stock tech upgrade. Oh, can't do that anymore, though, can we, Ben? Well, the stock industry is so wide. We've talked about this. Other people have brains. Yeah, Apple carried on without Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah, but Steve Jobs wasn't doing all the inventing by himself, was he? Neither was Tony Stark, canonically. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, well... Just that one time, that one time he steals someone's idea and improves it until the point where they come back a couple of years later and make it really, really, really good. Uh, But otherwise, Tony was totally on the level. On the level. It was interesting this week, didn't we? We got sort of the Winter Soldier's greatest hits in that opening opening montage as well as Io was trying to cure him of the longing and the rusted and the daybreak and all that sort of stuff. And we saw him killing a whole bunch of people. And we did see Tony Stark's mum in that as mm-hmm. well. So I wonder yeah. if that might come into play. I always forget what the words are. I'm, and I was like, do they keep them consistent or are they like slipping no, in comedy no, ones? Lamppost, no. yes. end. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> Homecoming, far home, no way yeah. home. Sunny Birch. I, I, look, they, they, they are consistent or appear to be. My only question about that is, are we 100% certain he only had one set of code words? I said this before. Right? I said this on the, on the Winter Soldier, no, well, not Winter Soldier podcast, the um, Civil War podcast. Hmm. You know, that's a big old book, wasn't it? A exactly. big old book. So Presumably the Wakandans yeah. are thorough and have re- removed all compulsive training, but just, you know, it did occur to me there might be yeah. more sets of words out there. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You, you may have discussed know. this, but that was really emotional. That that scene. It was great seeing mm-hmm. him in Wakanda. It was uh, again felt like this was properly a Marvel thing when you saw him in Wakanda, and when he was sobbing at that realization that he's free, 
that yeah. really touched me. And I think Twitter is in absolute meltdown, especially, well, Sebastian Stan Twitter is in free fall. The Sebastian, uh, the Stan Stans are, <laughs> Stan are very, very happy. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, look, his performance in this show is the gift that keeps giving and the gift that keeps giving for all of them. So that's, mm. it's great. Strikes me, just before we get into some listener questions, it strikes me that this is the second episode of this show out of four to end with a shot of John Walker uh, that immediately tells you that this guy is a complete and utter arsehole. Uh, the first one, obviously, when he winks at the end of episode one and here when he has just some bludgeon to do to death, you know, so. <laughs> it's an Anchorman that escalated yeah. quickly. And I killed the guy with a sh- vibranium shield. <laughs> <laughs> In related news, Spotify finally has the drum core uh, version of Star Spangled Man. Just FYI, as far as I know, that dropped today, but it's certainly on there now. Just so you um, want to know. I, well, there you go. Or iTunes, other 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 players are uh, yeah, available. Other yeah. platform, indeed. But of course, more important than that is the hour-long Zemo cut yes. uh, you can watch on YouTube, which is a lot of fun. So much dancing. So much dancing. Too much dancing, you might, Too much you might say. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take some listener questions because uh, we've got about 20 minutes left. Um, at Gismond, Gismond on uh, Twitter. These are all on Twitter. These are all people who slid into my DMs. Not a question about the episode. Thanks a bunch. Uh, but Cap Shield, where did it come from? Thanos destroyed Steve's shield and when he went on this time travel trip, all he brought with him was the stones and me all near. Uh, I mean, it's, it's never been explicitly said, but the assumption is that he just nicked it from the timeline he was in with Peggy. Or he could have just repaired it, like the bits of the shield were all over the battlefield. He I, f- didn't I feel like it's one have of those it to repair, though. Why not? Did he? Well, when we see on the him, battlefield, yeah, it gets, it gets basically chopped into pieces by Thanos. Mm, yes, but so, he doesn't have it with him when he's traveling on the on the platform. So we're saying he nicked one from the past. Oh, I see. What you yeah. Mean. Because it's a slightly different design as well. If you look, it's not just quite the same design as the one he has in Endgame. So, so yes, I think he's basically just nicked it from some from some dude, from some dude, from some Captain America. Hopefully, the John Walker of that alternate timeline uh, who really needed it, and now he's going to be killed. Good, fuck you, John Walker. <laughs> alternate John Walker, who's really, really lovely and married with three kids. Oh no. Merchant of Sound, I know we all hate Walker, but is it me or have the two Walker-heavy episodes been the best so far in this rather underwritten show? Yeah, because they, you know, they have given him a bit of an arc uh, to play and and some, you know, character progression. So that's helped, I think. Uh, yep, yeah, agreed. At passionfruit underscore C, uh, wants to give massive props to Sebastian Stan. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Yeah, but don't, maybe not too massive, otherwise he'll look really tiny. Well, like, but like from a, from a medium-sized <laughs> ship, not from like a giant liner no. or something, but yeah. like props from a, yeah. you know, a, a small day boat. Is that I would just thing? give him, I would give him normal-sized props, quite frankly. Normal-sized props, okay. Normal-sized props, uh, you know, otherwise otherwise it could look really weird. My other favourite Sebastian Sam moment this week, that I don't know if you guys mentioned that before he got here, is uh, him kicking that dude through a door, through a wall, and then just saying, stay, stay there. down. That was great. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was fun. Uh, and Liam Collins at passionfruit underscore C also goes on to ask, I'd be interested to know how the pod is feeling about the series as a whole two thirds of the way in. Uh, he's finding himself frustrated by the show, touching bigger issues without taking any kind of stance and letting mm. the audience make their own mind up. I, I tell you where I am on this and then you guys can let me know where you are. I still feel that this is very, very much mid to lower tier Marvel. It's... It feels like this week was a definite upturn in last week's show, as I've already said. Um, but I'm not sure that this show has greatness in it over the last two episodes. It's going to have no. to do an awful lot. Is going to have to happen. There's going to have to be a big uptick in quality for it to hit the heights that WandaVision did, for example. And I, I you know, I wonder how because this show was meant to be the first one. It was meant yeah. to be the first Disney Plus show, and I wonder if it's suffering unfairly, perhaps, in, because of its close proximity to WandaVision. I mean, I think that they lucked out by the fact that WandaVision ended up going first because, yep. you know, it, it set the bar high and you were like, okay, great. If this had maybe been the first one, you'd been like, okay, these are going to be fine because it is fine. It's not bad. It's just fine. And, you know, there's a lot of better TV shows around than this, but it's perfectly watchable. I, like, I have, At no point have I ever contemplated, even if we weren't doing a podcast, not watching the rest of them, yeah. which I do with a great many shows. I'll definitely watch it through to the end and I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it's just that the bar for both the movies and WandaVision is very high indeed. And we've seen that they can hit this on the small screen as well as on the big screen. And so this just feels a bit like a very sort of okay-ish 
peak TV TV show. Hmm. A lot of money in there, great people in there, but it's not, the writing isn't what we need. And in terms of that frustration about it not necessarily fully engaging with stuff, I think as as Chris and Helen have said um, in this episode and previous episodes, there are a lot of things where it's kind of, it's it is touching on stuff and it's starting to engage with things without actually kind of really following through and on that note i'm kind of hoping that in this next two episodes we mm. maybe get some time with sam where he connects those dots and that is part of his choice to hopefully pick up the shield again saying i found out what the government did to isaiah bradley i saw what happened to lamar hoskins and the way that he was overlooked and and just this john walker guy is the guy who gets chosen to be captain america and the shield needs somebody like me i want him to connect those dots yeah um if because the show hasn't so far it's it's a it's sort of brought those things up without really addressing them but i think there is still time and wrapping that into sam's journey and i think in these last couple of episodes hopefully we will get sam with the shield that's what we all i think believe this show kind of is ultimately leading towards um and whether that comes from this show or just our ongoing attachment to that character in that shield i think there will still be a lot of satisfaction in seeing him make that choice and step up and take the shield and become whoever or whatever he becomes whether that is an upgraded falcon or whether he takes on the captain america mantle i kind of wish we hadn't seen the, the footage of him with the shield i don't know why they released that it feels like a bit of a. It feels like they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit because maybe we know that Sam has the shield at some point. Maybe yeah. It's, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. But I, I think they got. I think they got a bit lucky, as James says, that that one division went first because I, I think it, this does feel much less essential and much less event TV. I, I just think I'm really frustrated with it because, like you say, the cast are doing fantastic work with I think very little in some cases. The effects and the and the fight scenes are generally pretty good to great. Uh, there has never been anything that's you know really ropey in that sense. And I'm, so I'm just getting really frustrated about the bits where the storytelling is baggy or imprecise or inelegant, uh, or inefficient, because. That's not what Marvel does, that they're usually better than that. And so I find that kind of stuff increasingly distracting. And this again, this may be because we're coming at it from a spoiler special angle and we're we are paying close attention and we're looking for clues. But, you know, also these shows should stand up to that kind of stuff because we are at peak TV. We are at this era where TV writing and TV production is designed to hold an immense amount of detail and really long form detailed stories. If we're not getting that from this, that that is a problem. So Mm. yeah, I'm still really frustrated by by elements of it, but I'm hoping that they somehow manage to tie up all these disparate things in the next two episodes. Because we do have to get back to Sam's sister, to Bucky's life in New York. Uh, We have to figure out who the power broker is or presumably we do, we have to resolve John Walker, we have to resolve Cal- uh, Carly, we have to resolve some of these issues, we have to discuss whether it matters that the GRC is failing in the way that they are. Who runs you know, the GRC? Who we runs don't the know. GRC? Does that matter? Is that, a, is that a factor? Is it going to be a factor going forward in Marvel? These are things that kind of are all hanging right now. Mm. And I'm not even sure that's a comprehensive list. And we've only got two episodes left. I don't quite know why, but something about some of the way this episode unfolded did push me slightly further towards that thought of, yeah, Power Broker being Sharon Carter. Mm. When we discussed that last week uh, on the pod, I was like, oh, I never, genuinely never once thought that while I was watching the episode for some reason. But now with this one, I don't know, I think the way that they're dancing around it a bit and they keep, somebody was pointedly referring to the Power Broker as he, but we don't. We don't ha- actually have Maybe any Sharon. sense that that's Char- that Sharon. Right. Sharon. That's Sharon. Maybe that's why I was like, oh. I feel if Sharon Carter was a power broker and the power broker wanted Carly dead and the power broker knew where Carly was because Carly was where Sam was, then the power broker would have sent his or her people in. But the power broker doesn't necessarily want Carly dead yet. The power broker wants the serum back and doesn't yet know, presumably, that it's been destroyed. Mm. Right? Mm. I don't know. They keep sending very threatening text messages to, to Carly. Uh, all Carly needs to do is unsubscribe. It works for me. I mean, just drop your phone. Be fine. Yes, just drop your phone. Oh, my God. Uh, at C. Ginge asks, can you tell me a more disturbing shot in the MCU than the one this episode finished on? Maybe the first person dusting. But I mean, it's, it's, this is right up there, honestly. 
I mean, everything with Hawkeye's haircut in Endgame. <laughs> it's way less graphic, but I've rewatched Iron Man fairly recently in that scene when Tony gets um, Pepper to change his chest piece and she's like oh, literally having yeah. to poke her fingers in the little hole in his chest really gave me the ick. Um, I mean, it's less graphic <laughs> than what happened in this episode, but that, ooh, no. Question here from UK underscore Sparkle. What do you make of the parallel between John Walker chasing down the Flag Smashers to kill them after the death of Battlestar and Steve's own actions going after Schmidt and capturing, killing all of Hydra because they killed Bucky? Mm. Uh, do you think the show was deliberately making a point to the audience here about how we judge our heroes, their actions in the context or accidental parallel? He doesn't doesn't go after Hydra because they kill Bucky. He's already been going after Hydra for like three yeah. years at that point. But, you know, okay. Um... Uh, but yeah, no, I do think there's a deliberate Schmidt connection. What was weird to me was that they didn't make that more explicit. You know, you have Walker, yes, jumping out of the window and doing the superhero landing, but he doesn't super run after, you know, Dead Meat Thompson. Uh, and Dead Meat Thompson isn't super running at that point either, which I thought was weird given that we've had some super running earlier in the episode. So maybe they just didn't have the budget. Or maybe there were too many tight corners. I don't know. But it was. Um, I thought that if they were going for that, again, they would have made it a little bit clearer and more explicit. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, as I said earlier on, I think I think Steve reacts to Bucky's death in a very, very different way. Mm. Um, you know, he goes back, he takes stock, he blames himself, he does all sorts of stuff. and uh, He attempts uh, to drink, doesn't work. Yeah. And he's not, yeah, and his going after Hydra and the Nazis is justified because they're bad people. Fucking Nazis. Yeah. Whereas the Flag Smashers... I mean, they want to smash a flag. It's already they're off to a bad start. You don't smash a flag. You burn a flag or you rip a flag. They should be called the Flag Rippers, surely. Unless they made like a 3D sculpture of a flag and then smashed that. But that just seems like that's a lot to pack into a manifesto. <laughs> Is that why they've taken the super serum? Because they tried smashing a flag and it didn't work. <laughs> yes. And they were like, the only way we can do this... <laughs> As if we're super strong, but it still doesn't work. It's like if you tried burning it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I should have done that. Maybe they're like you with the Easter eggs and they like freeze it and then they drop it from a height. Freeze it and drop so it. it. Smash. They're the flag droppers. That's what they are. <laughs> uh, at Itchy Nads, after Wanda and Carly, will the new MCU thing be that red haired women can commit and get away with atrocities with no punishment if they have reasons and feel a bit sorry? <laughs> See also Black Widow. Yeah. 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 She's got a lot of red in her ledger. Uh and her in her hair. Does Pepper have a body count? Has she ever uh, committed yeah. atrocities? Not really. She's only Not ever really. had to get in the fray when there's bad people involved. Yeah. Killian, yeah. maybe, right? Killian him softly with her song. Uh, at Omnishambles, the Dormalaji having a contingency to disarm Bucky felt in line with Wakanda's planning ahead. Do you think it's possible that they have other more extreme contingencies, such as new trigger words to control him or shut him down? That feels un-Wakandan. I would hope not. Or if they do, it's like Shuri's put one in as a joke and it just makes him like dance or something. <laughs> Chicken dance. And every time yes. you use it, it's a different member of the Bluth family. Oh, yes. <laughs> Depending on the order of the words, you get the, uh, the Lucille one, you get the Job one. Yeah, but, um, you know, I don't know if it is on Wakandan for them to build in a failsafe and to have extra trigger words to handle Bucky because they've already got the failsafe of his arm. They've already built that in as well. And perhaps that's why Io is so confident at the beginning that she can handle Bucky. You know, let's not forget, for example, that a completely activated Winter Soldier type Bucky is difficult for Steve and Sam and Natasha and Tony and the Avengers and T'Challa to handle. So the Dora Milaje, they're being smart about it. Anyway, we're running out of time. So the next question comes from at Sid Lichtenstein, and he asks, given that the Shield and the Captain America brand has been badly damaged by Walker's actions, I don't know, feels very on point for me at the moment, doesn't it? Uh, do you think it is still possible for Sam to take up the Shield if that's where the show is headed. See, because Sam's already talked about wanting to destroy the shield. Carly says this week that shield should be destroyed. So who's to say that's not where they're going to go with Sarah it? Sarah doesn't approve of it. Sarah doesn't approve of it. Yeah, she says that, uh, you know, his his my world means nothing to mm. to him. So why should I care about their mascot? So if anyone talks around, it's going to be Bucky, right? You think? Yeah. Yeah, because something's got to change because Sam's opinion on the shield needs to change. Quite a lot. There were lots of points this week um, where it just, again, a positive in the writing for me is that it was really pointing towards like 
give Sam the shield, give Sam the serum, when the more that he talks about not wanting it and and not wanting that power, it's kind of the Steve thing of the person who doesn't want that power is the person who should have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there were some nice notes this week pushing us as the viewer more towards uh, well obviously we all know sam would be great as captain america but like yes he's saying all the right things he should be saying that means he is the person who should have that that power um both in the serum-y sense and the shieldy sense being very cynical as well the fact that the u.s government's own pick has uh screwed up so badly might make them you know a little bit more uh humble in trying to decide, I mean, it seems unlikely even as I say it, but trying to decide who gets the shield next. So it might be more available to Sam than it would have been before, Mm. potentially. And on that note, that is it for this week's Falcon and the Winter Soldier spoiler special. I realise that you sent in loads and loads of questions and we just don't have time to get to them because I do have to run right away now, I'm afraid. Sorry, this is entirely my fault. So... I think what we're going to do is we're going to record a separate Sporter Special where we answer as many of your questions as we possibly can. Won't be a full hour, but it'll be around a 30, 45 minute marker. So consider it a lovely bonus in these trying times. But until then, until we meet again, until next week, penultimate episode, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from Squadcast name, Captain Almerdia, Ben Travis. Just spitballing, potential new nickname for John Walker. See how it feels next week. Indeed. Indeedly beadly. Uh, it is goodbye from the Red Hand Gang, James Dyer. Which I think would have been a far better name for the Flag Smashers. The Red Hand Gang? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is goodbye from Dora the Explorer herself, or Dora Malaje the Explorer Malaje. Yeah. <laughs> it would never have worked. Helen O'Hara. Yeah, toodaloo. I was really struggling with the Dora pun, I'll be honest. And it's goodbye from me, Battlestar Gasplactica. Uh Poor old Lamar Hoskins. We never knew ye. But I'm off to raise a glass to you, my friend. Raise a glass to Battlestar. Something they can quite easily take take away. away. (laughs) Yes, he aims a shield at the sky. Wait! Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.